0: At first, I was a Catholic girl. Loved the mass, I watched the swirl of smoke from candles burning while Mary looked up, yawning.
1: Hello and welcome to the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM, right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're recording this on Sunday morning, January sixteenth, twenty twenty-two. I'm Larry Rhodes or Doubter Five, and as usual, we have our co-host on line with us. Hello, Wombat.
2: Uh, shoot for the eyes. I said, shoot for the eyes.
1: Okay don't know the reference. <laughs> That's a good policy. Blind them first. Okay. Our guests today are Fire from Florida. Hello. Uh, and we hey, have hey, hey. the John Richards from across the pond in England. Hello and welcome. Hello. Digital Free Thought Radio Hour is a talk radio show about atheism, free thought, rational thought, and humanism in the sciences. Conversely, we also talked about religion, religious faiths, gods, holy books, and superstition. And if you get the feeling that you're the only non-believer in your town, well, you're just not. Here in Knoxville, even in the Bible Belt, we have a group of over a thousand of us, so there's bound to be others like you there. Uh, Will you tell you more about our group after the mid-show break, and maybe even talk about how you could start your own group? Um, what, about, what are we talking about today? What's your topic?
2: Hey, so I wanted to talk about atheism and whether or not it's boring or not. But I'm going to be honest with you. Speaking of boring, it's been a balmy 1 degree Celsius. 1 degree for the last 2 days and right now today it's it's doing this little greatest hits between the worst weather patterns in the world. So do some drizzle, do some sleet, then some snow, then some rain on top of it, then sleet then snow and it's just depressing. I feel like a kid that got a kite and it's raining the same day and you're just Such like is oh, okay. January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a real downer. But I'm hoping for good weather in the future. John Richards, what's the weather like up there? Just wondering.
3: Well, we don't get snow in this particular okay. part of the UK. So all I can report is that we've had it reasonably cold. Um, it, mostly here, it's between 10 and 20 centigrade. What's that in American? That's uh, 40, we do Celsius. To 40 to 50 Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And um, occasionally it gets down to zero. And I actually had ice on the car a couple of mornings this week, not on the ground, okay. just on the, on the roof and the windscreens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Air, okay. air interesting. frost. Not it's ground an interesting frost.
2: fact. We do use Fahrenheit and we do use Celsius. We use Celsius when we're making cupcakes and then we make so <laughs> many cupcakes here. that it's a good reference for the weather, but we also understand Celsius too. We know zero okay. freezes, yeah. water evaporates. And okay. then and if it's ever a hundred, you're dead. So that's why we like the Fahrenheit system. where it's just like, oh, 60s, 70s, jacket or long sleeve jacket. I don't know. We'll figure out. Scott Williams, all the way over in Florida.
1: We also got George Buffalo joined us this morning. So welcome. Uh, So back to Scott. What's your weather like over there?
4: Florida. Weather is bipolar. It's been, it was, I think last weekend it was in the 70s. And then. I think it was like on a Monday for the road for the most of the week last week it was in the 40s it was freezing cold and windy and now it's in the 60s so wow. it just can't make its mind up.
2: Well, you know that's still not too bad. Though. Yeah, it's nice. Really weird. 60s yeah. nice. Yeah, I take that. I take that. <laughs>
4: Larry, it's how- cold. You it's cold for us. <laughs> uh, sure, Larry, how you holding up?
2: <laughs> oh,
1: fine. I finished um, Alex
2: nice yeah, half-life yeah. alice, your, Life you, alice
1: on on the virtual quest to virtual yeah. reality and i highly recommend the game i think it's excellent of course i immediately restarted it um so i'm doing it again it's it's just great i'm playing it on an easier level this time so i can be more sure, sure. enjoyable and kind of a walkthrough and but now that i'm th- ready i'm used to the controls it should be a lot better
2: so question did you play the other half-life games or is this your first
1: Half-Life? oh no i'll play them all m- repeatedly oh, okay, okay it's one of okay, my favorite okay. franchises
2: fantastic so you're right in the the heart and potatoes of it yeah, okay great yeah. great great because we've been talking so much about vr i actually pulled mine out of the closet and tried and, and started it up again so having some fun with that is that uh, an oculus it's an oculus Rift. Oh, yeah. Great. yeah For we'd... me to get started with mine i have to do a little rigging because it is cabled so mm-hmm. I have to cable it through like an overhead ceiling fan ah. and then to the car and then switch mm-hmm. on the batteries and then make sure nothing gets yeah. updated, all that stuff. Well, if you want well, to play yeah, any
1: co-op games, let me know.
2: Cool. Cool. I'll keep that in mind. Buffalo, George, how you been and what's the weather like up in Kentucky?
5: I've been fine. Thanks. Um, it's, uh, it's sleeting outside. It's on the edge yeah. of a storm that's south and dumping snow where you are. Um, yeah, but, um, uh, it's half rain, half uh, snow. It's about, it's about 30, 30 to 32, and uh, it's okay.
2: That's 33 to cupcake temperature in units, so yeah. cold. That's about okay. zero degrees centigrade, as John mm-hmm. Richards yeah. would put it.
5: Yeah. I was planning People on shoveling today, but I don't think I'm going to need to no
2: no no you'll need a spoon if anything <laughs> it's just slurpy slushy outside it's the worst it's the worst kind of snow right now so uh, as soon as it happened this morning i was just like okay i'm inside we're doing the radio show and we're drawing for the most part today but i don't mind it because i'm going to try not to stay bored but unfortunately i still have to be an atheist so what am i supposed to do since atheism is so boring we'll throw it up to john richard's John Richards, do you think atheism is boring? And, and for what reasons do you or do you not think that's the case?
3: Oh, well, you, you've you've opened a can of worms there, because first of all, <laughs> I want to clear up the fact that atheism okay, isn't. It's an atheism. <laughs> it's, an, it's an atheism, really.
2: <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it, it.
3: If you look at all the other words that end in ism, They are Mm. ideologies. There's conservatism, radicalism, socialism, communism, libertarianism. They're all ideologies, but atheism isn't. It's a non-belief. Right. That's that's all it is. It's opting out.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So given that... We're not ever being indoctrinated in the first place, right? Exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was me. I wasn't indoctrinated. I was so lucky. So Mm. given that it's not really anism. Mm. there's nothing there that could be either boring or exciting
2: now this is interesting because say everybody just watched the brand new spider-man movie and you hadn't right there yes. is it, an example of you not being the case yet everyone's having all these fun with all these superheroes running around it's just like man don't talk to john he's not one of the uh, movie go <laughs> watchers he's not having a fun time as we are like couldn't you see that as a good argument for why atheism even though if it is and isn't is also boring
3: well it, okay so in what you're saying therefore for is that it's a matter of being in the tribe or not
2: yeah you're right. missing out yeah
3: <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah so i don't want to be in a tribe i, I, want, <laughs> I want to be an individual mm-hmm. and interesting and, and, anyway as for whether it's boring or not let's take it at the face value that You know, the theists imagine it really is a thing. And and let's consider whether it's boring or not. Well, how could it possibly be boring when we have the opportunity to appreciate all the wonders of the universe that are out there that you don't find in books like the Bible? Hmm. I would say it's more. And I'm going to use an American word here. I would say that it's more awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> than, than being in a religion, being in a faith. if I we fully, looked up
2: in a Merriam-Webster dictionary, we'd find the word awesome. So thank it is, you for the credit. We'll take it. The Manifest destiny. We'll,
3: we'll, we'll absorb it, that word. The, the thing is, it's a biblical word. God oh, inspires all. Mm. And we don't Some really have that word in, in the UK. I don't
1: know. I, I, I wouldn't think that it's a biblical word. I just my, my two cents. I mean, even, um, what was it? Oprah on her show said that she didn't think that an atheist could uh, experience awe because you've got to have a belief in God to have awe. It's just crazy.
3: Uh, crazy. Anyway, in the UK, it's not really in our lexicon where you say awesome. We would say amazing.
2: Ah, interesting. Interesting. Mm. Okay, I'll keep that up. Larry, it seemed like you had some comments that you wanted to make. Oh, now if I can remember what it was. Womp, womp, womp. Um, well, go on, and I'll I'll think
1: about it some more. Uh, it was in All the right. middle of something that John said, but he had changed the subject two or three times, so I have to come John, back to it.
2: John, you got to make sure that when you make your points, that you 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 interject them with a little cattle prod to like later. That way, you <laughs> can
3: like
2: have a association.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember.
2: Oh,
3: I okay. I um, want
1: to do a replay. No, no, no. Uh, it's talking about uh, the context. Uh, atheism is if you're with a bunch of atheists, atheism is boring. <laughs> it's one of the things you don't really talk about too much. You say, you still an atheist? Yeah, I'm an atheist. And then that's the end of it. <laughs> then we start talking Very about true. holidays or uh, family or sports or whatever. However, going to a church and in the middle of the sermon, elbow your neighbor and say, I'm an atheist. Um Now you're gonna have a very now or now it's exciting.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Things are
0: going to wrap up pretty quick.
2: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Though I could say this, you know, life outside of the church pew, life outside of listening to a guy have to talk to you, lecture you, literally lecture you for about an hour every Mm -hmm. day or Mm -hmm. every week. Oh man, I'm I'm glad I have that time back. Speaking of boring, because I've had times where it's just hard for me to stay awake. Mm -hmm. I've
6: I've always had this problem
1: you know no. uh, and this is george uh, brown the two and a half welcome to the show yep. you came in thank hey. you mm-hmm.
6: um uh, yeah it's like uh what are you going to say at an atheist meeting like this one you're going to say i don't believe in god right nah, i don't believe in god either next subject show.
5: <laughs> a subject. We talk about video games, yeah. I mean, we don't,
6: have, we, we don't have any statues, we don't have any icons, mm-hmm. so we don't have... Well,
1: we can't talk about things like science and evolution and, and uh, things that uh, the religious folk generally tend to shy away from. Yes. Uh, that are very amazing. That are awesome. Awesome. Before we can have a song like "I Don't Believe
6: in
2: God," yeah, well, there, I don't. We go to, God. there's imagine. There is imagine. There is imagine. Before we go to uh, Buffalo, Georgia, you would say like when you do these atheist meetups, it's relatively much more affordable than saying starting up a church and trying to get the the the, the tax free accreditation or have a treasury department. It's just like, hey, you got atheist friends? Just hang out with your atheist friends. There's no expectation of dues or anything like that. So more stuff there. But we're not here to bang on religion. We're here to talk about why atheism is boring. And who's going to explain it better than George Buffalo?
5: No, 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 it's not at all boring because you get to think about things that are really exciting, like take a walk in the woods and -hmm. look at anything and imagine how much you don't know about whatever you're looking at. And the process that sounds is by So which... much more
2: boring than a Christian who looks at a tree and, there and says, Therefore my God exists. Yeah, God
1: did it. You, well, might that might the be subject.
5: Dirty. you know, it might be dirty so I shouldn't touch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might be dirty,
3: so I wouldn't touch it. I don't know. I don't know whether there's a survey anywhere, but I suspect that most of the least boring people are atheists. I mean, when you think about it, there's the comedians, they're pretty much sure. all atheists. Sure. there's there's the, oh, the good ones at least the musicians the musicians are <laughs> all yeah. also the good ones pretty, pretty much atheists
4: yeah. yeah yeah
3: scientists and you know you know i i think a lot of people who are in business and politics probably are atheists but they don't want to admit it because sure. they might lose customers yeah so i, I think if they're there should be a, Maybe we should do a survey. There should be a list of this so that we can provide some evidence to show that we are the least boring people. Not only that, Donald, one,
6: Trump is, Donald Trump is an atheist.
3: Because he declared um, it.
6: When, <laughs> well, yeah. no, no, I mean, I, he, he's an atheist so long, I, but for everybody else
1: except himself. Yes, but sir. but he held up a Bible in front of a church. Doesn't that
2: mean yeah, he's so a believer? Is.
4: So there is that. But yes.
2: it's
1: a the Bible about him.
6: Mm. I think.
2: Yeah. No, I believe I'll it. Say this. I'll make this one quick point. Uh, there there are religious presidents and political figures that we've had who only when they go against their dogma to serve the greater good do we recognize that they're actually um good leaders so for example we've had biden who Mm -hmm. is devoutly catholic who one of his first you know uh uh, executive orders was to reinforce rights for abortion yeah which is absolutely Mm -hmm. against the catholic church and when i saw that i was like Mm -hmm. that's a guy who's not doing Mm -hmm. what his dogma's telling him to do that's fantastic and i'm really really happy to have that
3: on that subject this very week the pope has made a speech in which he says if you don't have children, you're selfish.
1: Mm, well, his course. major audience, of course, are other Catholics, so that and they can have children and bring them into the church. It's a
2: way of
3: does, growing the church. Does this mean he's got children himself?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he might. Let's be honest. Hey, Scott Williams, I, or Scott Williamson, Doubtfire, I want to know about you. Do you think atheism is boring? And what could be more interesting if we were to... T- you know excited up a little bit
4: man um that's a great question but you know i'm kind of a strange person maybe <laughs> but i don't find atheism boring at all like it gives me meaning and purpose in life like um in you know an example um when i do atheism so to speak um at work i found out just about everyone i work for or work with rather Um, are atheists they didn't want to come out and say anything but we all figured it out somehow and and so we talk about it I had a little get together on Friday and we talked about um, atheism and religion you know we talked about other things but we oftentimes have fun talking about um, our religious experiences and this and that but so it's fun in that sense and then I'm in these debate groups and I'm debating theists and we're doing atheism on that level so it's fun in that respect. And just as um, uh, George was saying about appreciating nature and then um, Tyrone, you asked um, how can we spice it up or how can we make it even better? Um, Yeah. As you know, I'm kind of a naturalist or what you would call a naturalist uh, pantheist or scientific pantheist. So what that really means is that everything that the supernatural religious gods, sort of explain naturalism seems to do the same thing if not better sure, um, sure, at least sure. we have a grounding for for our god so mm. to speak god not really a god but nature and i find that that makes you appreciate like yep. uh george was saying makes you appreciate nature it gives you all gives you wonder uh, the mystery of the world mystery of life all that's exciting stuff i think yep. having all your questions and mysteries answered would be boring. Um, yeah. having God as the answer to anything and everything is kind of boring. and I think that's yeah. part of the reason I left religion. It was just boring mm. you know and now i'm I've never had a problem. And then, uh, one more thing. The reason is, you uh, left um, religion was
2: because it was boring. That's a great point. Or that's a great It
4: story. was boring. It was, that was a major part of it sitting through all those meetings and, you know, uh, hearing the same message over and over, not able to explore, you know, other alternative views, things like that. That's mm-hmm. boring. And then, sure. um, you know, a few years ago, as you may know, also, um, I used to think that Buddhists believed in God, and I used to always try to have that conversation with a Buddhist, uh, um, uh, uh, a priest, and he told me that you know Buddhists were were atheists, and that threw me for a loop, you know. And I was like, wait a minute, how does most, that work? Most Eastern he religions and, are mm-hmm.
0: like Taoism, yeah, so Confucianism,
4: all that. That atheism is the actually the foundation of their philosophies of unattachment and things like that so there's a lot of excitement i think with atheism no matter how you look at it you know or how you approach it but that's just my view Cool,
2: john it looked like you wanted to say something
3: yeah well i'm thinking atheism is boring compared to what i mean does that mean that (laughs) All, all theism- roller coasters,
2: roller coasters. This is what we're talking about. Roller coasters, peppermint <laughs> sticks, Willy Wonka's <laughs> chocolate factory. Yeah. You know, like-
3: Does it mean that all theisms are not boring, or is it just a specific one? And if so, which one? I'd like it to be Uncle, Uncle It's my favorite god. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I
2: would, I would, I would argue that whatever. Now, let me make sure I get this right. The not the Mennonites, but the. She is who are the ones who are like no technology? Larry, out here. Oh, yes, no, no Mennonites and and um Amish. Right. Amish. Amish. I would say Amish is like yeah. one of the top three most boring. <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. Top three most boring. It's like, what are you gonna do today? Make some straw hats, yeah. yeah. But I, so I would say. My, my point is nature is awesome. And I find science to be an appreciation of, science, of nature. Like when I'm doing physics, I'm not just doing it so I can pass a test. I'm doing it so I can understand how the universe works. Make more sense in yeah. a way and, and, and predict things that will happen in the future and why things yeah. happen. And I find that to be really, really amazing that it yeah. works on that level. It's really, absolutely really
3: true. Yeah, well, expanding on that. When the mm. Bible was written, of course, we didn't okay. know about microbes. So sure, when yeah. microscopes were invented, everything oh, yeah. be- immediately became much less boring.
2: Much less mysterious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Yeah. When you remove the mystique, you can you can get it. But there's so much more crazy stuff about microorganisms. Yes. yes, that, yes. You know, un- unsurprisingly, even up to now, we're still, you know, painfully trying to understand and yes. convince other people love, right. I mean, we yes. just got over the "please wash your hands" sort of curve after over the last year. Now we're we're getting into vaccines. George Brown, so you're you are a natural atheist. You've never had the exposure to other things, but you have still a Jewish upbringing. And maybe we're exposed to other religions, uh, uh, at least. Um, Was it through festivals or holidays as you were growing up? <laughs> Excuse me, um... I'm wondering. <coughs> I'm one coughing. of the things I, you're I'm, fine, you're fine. I know. <laughs> one of the things, one of the things I like about atheism is that I can celebrate other holidays from other religions without any baggage or or worry that my God is going to be angry at me for doing that. Well, no, but
6: the thing is, I, I don't know when to stand up and when to sit down in your church. Ah, they I, you. I never know, so I, I'm always embarrassed, and I wasn't. I don't. I was not brought up Jewish either i was i was not brought up anything uh i mean my, my parents are brooklynite though right well brooklyn's the biggest has got the biggest population in new york city and everybody is different hmm. you know every i i guess um for some reason everybody gets along mostly mostly there are a certain amount of squabbling that goes on, and there's some fascists in New York City just to make life and, interesting. And
1: gangs—they don't get along very well, generally. But Who
2: they're gangs? all snapping. The they gangs. snap and they walk down alleys like this. So they're, <laughs> in New York, they're all. okay <laughs> They're good dancers, though. <laughs> yeah, they're great dancers. They're great dancers.
6: I'm not. I'm not really awake enough to have much. I'm a dormouse this morning. I, I just woke up. And at okay. least I didn't have to use this thing to oh, grind awesome. the coffee that you sent me, Wamba. But you sent me coffee, Wamba. But
2: now someone may have sent you coffee in my on my behalf. I don't I don't recall exactly. Look at it. Right. Look at it. I know this. you got some treats. I know you this. got some treats. <laughs> I know. I want to see the walking cane eventually, too, if you don't mind me. Uh, I, was, I didn't I didn't disassemble it. So anyway, but, we're really happy that you're back. And you look a lot more healthy, too. I'm going to be honest. With
6: you. Well, uh, you know, it was interesting what we're talking about here. Because where I live here, halfway between Knoxville and Chattanooga, there are three Mennonite communities. And um, I'm talking about horse and buggy Mennonites. Like the Amish you know I mean horses and buggies, black buggies mm-hmm. you know um, women who wear beautiful gray dresses and bonnets, and when you see the women at all, that is, and then there then there was the Mennonite who was cleaning my hospital room, and I asked her, what is that thing that you're wearing on your head?" She was wearing a white handkerchief on her head. And, um, and she said, well, that's to remind me to pray. She said, I pray all the time. And I, I said, would you mind telling me what religion you are? And she said, I'm a Mennonite. Now, she's the other kind of Mennonite. We have them, right. too. Those are the Mennonites whose church has a website. She said, we we use electricity. And she asked me something, and my I don't remember what it was she asked me, but my answer was I don't believe in God. And she and she said, Well, who? How can you explain the wonders of the human body and how how all your organs work and things like that? I said I I used one of Larry's answers. I said I said we don't know all the answers yet. Science hasn't figured them out, but they will.
2: And, or not. Um, I'm also okay with that. <laughs> I
6: like that. I like that one. I like yeah. that one too.
2: Hey, Larry, yeah. we're getting near the end of the show. I will tell you this how often does um, George's area get cleaned um, by that religious lady or that religious person? Uh, they do it a night and it's a man, so it's a man a night. Larry. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> go ahead. Ooh, that's go. bad. Take us out. Take us out. Take us out. Sure. Take us out.
1: This is the digital free. I am trying to keep it entertaining
2: because we're just a bunch of atheists. What are you going to do?
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't want to be boring. This yeah, is exactly. the digital free thought radio hour on WOZO Radio one hundred three point nine LPFM right here in Knoxville Tennessee, and we'll be right back after this short break. Hello, and welcome back to the second half of the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. I'm Doubter Five, and we're on WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Let's talk about the Atheist Society of Knoxville, or ASK, which was founded in 2002. We're in our 20th year. We have over a 1,000 members now, and we have weekly in-person meetings in Knoxville's Old City at the Barley's Taproom and Pizzeria. Look for us inside at the high top tables in the center of the, the big room. Uh, we're usually the loudest, happiest group there. Um, if you'd like to join our Tuesday evening virtual Zoom meeting, uh, send us an email request at askanatheist at knoxvilleatheists.org, or you can send it to let's se at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us online at facebookmeetup.com or knoxvilleatheist.org is the main website. You can just Google Knoxville Atheist and get there. It's just that simple. Uh, by the way, if you don't live in Knoxville, you should still go to meetup and do a search for an atheist group in your town. Don't find one? Start, Start
2: one. one.
1: Wombat, well, where you want to pick up?
2: So I think we did a really good review on the idea of is atheism boring, um, I, w- I think our, our, overall takeaways is that it's not as boring as you think. In fact, it's actually pretty interesting for a lot of different kinds of reasons. And I, there are a lot of, it's a, sometimes it could be an acquired taste, particularly if you're coming from religion, but overall it's worth, worth the transition. If it's purely based on entertainment, cause there's a lot of awesome stuff to behold. Now, here's the weird thing. I had another topic I wanted to bring up for today. Um, I have been on a diet. Since about the start of December, I've lost 25 pounds so far. I feel pretty good about that. And I'm sticking to it. Well done. But Congrats. one of the things that I've noticed is like weird cravings that are akin to like stuff that certain religions will tell me not to have whatsoever. So, like, hey, if I want to put bacon on top of pizza, I can't eat that because uh one for me it's too many calories and it's just empty cars. But for the religious sect, it's because God doesn't want you to eat pork. And I it made me think. True. Why are there religious restrictions in place in the first place? If we already know the nutritional value, the caloric values, and we know that if we want, if as long as we maintain a deficit, we lose fat, and if we know where all the sor- good sources of protein are, why is it that we can't eat shellfish? Why isn't that we can't eat two different kinds of meat on the same plate? Why is pork a bad thing? And so I was running through some ideas in my head, but of course I'd love to hear what the roundtable thinks. Um, my thought is that. Um, it is maybe an original survival mechanism. Maybe we didn't know how to cook pork or something like that to get all the bacteria out or, or, or get all the blood cured. So it doesn't make us sick. Right. Mm -hmm. And then some people were eating it and dying and they're like, no, we don't like that. God doesn't want you to do that. Now you have to listen to me. Maybe that was it in the nutshell. I'm not sure. In fact, I'm going to throw up to George Buffalo first. Why do you think religion has dietary
4: restrictions?
5: Uh, I think it's mostly historical and maybe back to the days when we didn't understand the, the medical or the, the uh, science aspects. Um, And I also think there's in the, in buried within the history was the occurrence of an Elmer Gantry person who could convince other people that it was a good idea to do this. And that helped for him to gather a following. Uh So I think a lot of this stuff is based upon uh, a glib, uh, intelligent person who who wanted to start something and created, you know, create created symbols so that others would follow them. Interesting, George Brown.
6: What do you think? I think that we have forgotten that fish become poisonous on Fridays yeah. and not the <laughs> other. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. Or but how does you know, it you know? It, <laughs> yeah, when you say it that way, it's sort of like. Was it was it a rule put in place to make sure that supplies of things last longer that were probably harder to get on certain days of, of the week? Or is it to spite a guy who's like, I'm the Bill Fish Company? It's like I'm only up on Fridays, though. It's like, great, my religion is now don't eat fish on Fridays because we don't like Bill. <laughs> John Richards, why do you think dietary restrictions exist in religions? Big question. Take your time with the answer.
3: Yeah, I've I've got a response to that. I think it's tribal. Mm. I think the intention behind it is to is conformity. It's to make people mm. who are in your tribe uh, eat together, mm. and n- not permit any invited guests from another tribe because they they can't eat what you're eating. So that's that's the basis of it, to my mind. Um, I mean, when you think that it's the same as taboos, isn't it? Uh, mm. When when you think about um, there's kosher for the jews there's halal and haram for the yes. the muslims and it's oh, all yeah. about it's, it's all about having something that's exclusive to you and anybody mm-hmm. who wants to come and share your table and they've got to join it's like an entry fee
2: okay that's good do you also think that there's a possibility that it's a good way to cover up mistakes like for example unleavened bread i'm not to make not to put jews on the on the on the target here but like maybe someone made that by accident and they're like no 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 god wanted me to make it that way and this is the way how we're gonna have to eat it from now on sorry guys that's it it's matzah it's not my bad it's matzah i meant to do that like but you should be yeast it should be a bunch of no no no. it's supposed to be hard and like a rock george brown what do you think
6: I think matcha is the most unappetizing thing in the world. <laughs> it's almost as appetizing as a veggie burger, mm. which is another topic
1: we were going to talk about, wasn't it? George Brown, we why you had Tell yeah, us about veggie burgers.
6: Sure. I don't have much to say. I mean, I, I, I've gotten into eating tofu before I moved here. Um, but... Uh, I I went to a restaurant called Hardy's, it's a chain. Yeah. Uh, here mm-hmm. in these parts in California it has a different name, and I don't. know Carl's Jr. What. in
2: California. Juniors, oh I don't know that either. Or Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr.
6: Oh Carl's Jr. Yeah, yeah, so so they made a big deal about about their wonderful veggie burger, and I thought, boy, I got to try that. And I went in, and I man. I don't know how how in the world did they make this stuff. It was it was like um, if if you could moisten cardboard, that's what you'd have. So it
2: tasted so nothing we, like meat. Something it don't tasted like mo- moistened moistened cardboard. Veggie burger, if you didn't know, is chopped up different pieces of plants, but made with a glue to hold them all together again. Oh, and so if you don't like the glue. idea of eating, okay. yeah, if you don't like <laughs> the idea of edible glue, don't. <laughs> you can stay away from <laughs> it. It's a plant-based <laughs> adhesive, but yeah, a lot of things are plant-based. Hey, George Brownfellow, what's going on?
5: Uh, I I disagree. I've I've not had me. veggie burgers that I think are pretty good, hmm. and uh, the the first one actually was a uh, I can't believe it's not not a burger, or I can't believe it's not beef. At, uh, yeah, it
2: was one of the amazing, burger uh, burger amazing yeah. beef. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was re- actually sorry to see it uh, be closed out. And it was closed out because it wasn't popular. It wasn't selling. And of course, it started out at being uh, about a buck more for a hamburger than Correct. if it was a beef burger. So you got to separate the marketing factors and economic factors before you analyze uh, how good it tastes and so forth. But I know a number of my colleagues who are actually involved in the research of alternative meat. Some mm-hmm. of them are using uh, a soybean protein uh, that's been modified to give the red color of blood. And that's incorporated. And there's a lot of flavor compounds that are going into it. It's a very, uh, it's, it's a big business right now. And, and, and as far as I know, in my taste, they're getting closer and closer. Uh, so that if you went in a restaurant and you sat down and you had one of these things, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So, so and it's a definitely a thing of the future.
2: I definitely think if we're, we're moving there very quickly, and I think even if it doesn't catch on quick, we'll see it again pretty soon. But uh, I like the idea of, of showcasing what beef could taste like to people who religiously can't eat beef. So, for example, if you're a Hindu and you see the amazing Whopper, here's an opportunity to know what beef tastes like. Now, this is also something that I know. I have a, I have a family member that's in Pakistan who is Muslim, and she had the opportunity to eat turkey bacon, which is halal. In a sense, like it it doesn't really apply in that in that case, but she chose not to because she's like, well, why should I even try to taste what bacon tastes like? Uh. Because I already know it's like you don't know you don't like it. (laughs) You just know you can't Mm -hmm. have it. Right. So here's an opportunity to taste what it tastes like without having to like you don't have to turn your nose up at it because you don't know either way. And we know for a fact it tastes good. It's all the ingredients of good put Mm -hmm. in one delicious form so like try it it's not that bad it's not that bad she and she still didn't want to so there is a mental there's a mental hang-up either way
0: yeah
5: george go for it uh a- another aspect of course is that a beef generates about a hundred times as much co2 in the mm. in the process of making its meat it uses 10 times as much water as any other raising any other critter and of course it, it farts and belches at both ends and that's methane so as far as the uh the the uh nature is concerned. Uh, environment is concerned. They are the worst possible food in terms of generating uh, or uh, accelerating climate change. Any, any ruminant animal. Uh, and so chickens aren't nearly as bad. Pork's not really that bad. And it, has, and it all has to do with the bacteria that, have, that they have in their guts uh, right. and how much resources they consume to produce the meat. So now, I, uh, alternative meats are artificial meats are going are going to be a thing in the future. Sure.
3: Yeah,
2: and I'd like to see more of that soy uh, KFC chicken. To be honest with you, because I try that. It turns out when you deep fry something, it doesn't matter what it is, it's going to taste like KFC. Food, and it's, no and they're it's
1: they're frying it in vegetable oil too, aren't they? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it can be done. Mm-hmm. Scott, do you have opinions on why you think there are religious? dietary restrictions and did you ever have to go any of them at while you were in the truth in the truth I mean, yeah mean, um,
4: yeah. yeah when i was in the truth yeah when right, i was right, with right, uh right. jw's we um couldn't eat blood uh, uh couldn't products so anything like that but you know when i left um jehovah's witnesses uh, sorry right for interrupting that, sorry.
2: so no. sorry for interrupting but what did that include like because a lot of people oh. make the misconception that red hemoglobin that comes off of meat is blood, when it in fact yeah. is not. John Richards, you would support me in in the idea that hemoglobin, the red stuff that comes off of red meat, is not in fact blood. George, would you agree with that? John, would you agree with that? Can I get some biochemists' no. support? No. That I is the case. That is factually the case that it is not blood. If you put that into a bloodstream, it's not going to mm. serve because it doesn't have oh, the well, it's, yeah, it's It is not. protein. Yeah, it's, not... it's proteins in plasma, but it is not blood. Yeah, so it's not the full,
3: it's right. not the, full uh, the full, what's the expression? What are those dancers? The full Monty. It's not the full Monty of blood. Yeah.
2: It is <laughs> essentially a red muscle cell that has been dehydrated <clears throat> and all the liquid has Ooh. come out. And you're not eating blood. You're just having cytoplasm that is tinted red.
3: Mm.
0: And yeah. it Yummy. looks the
2: same, but it is in fact not the same. And it's delicious, by the way. It, uh, Scott, when... Yes, but the but, religious doctrine of Jehovah's Witness says you can't eat blood, <clears> but it can't recognize it scientifically. Mm-hmm. So they say any red liquid that comes out of an animal or any meat product is, in fact, blood. And that is not even factually true.
4: Uh, so it's one of those weird things that really. Yeah, they talk about. uh Yeah, they would talk about don't eat blood sausages, you know, yeah. um stay away from stuff like that. But that's yes, yeah, baloney. We have but, some- you know, when I left, um, <laughs> when
0: I left those,
4: those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's baloney. Literally. When I left um JW's um there was a book, and this goes right into this where you know, we're talking about why the dietary restrictions. There was a book by at the time was a leading anthropologist. I think his name was uh Marvin Harris, and he came up with a book called Cows, Pigs, Wars and Witches, The Riddles of Culture. And, and what he would do is he would ask, you know, among other things like why do we have wars and witches Uh, burnings and things like that in in ancient times, but also, you know, why do Hindus not eat cows? Why do Jews and Muslims refuse to eat pork? Mm. And he would give um, um, answers um, about human behavior, showing that no matter how bizarre a person's behavior may seem, it always seems to stem from some identifiable and intelligible source. Mm. And it would just be cloaked in some religious language or some religious coding, and so that's, that's another perspective. But that's maybe it's yeah. more of a, a, a systemic thing. Um, I don't think it's really conscious on the minds of the religious. Of course, I didn't, didn't know about it. Sure, um, they're just told, "Don't do this. Don't do that. This is, mm. you know, God don't like it." Blah blah blah. So, John Richards, but there may be, yeah.
3: Well, it's it's pretty likely that. Some of these taboos originated for health reasons, isn't it? I mean, in the days before freezers and refrigerators, stuff went off very quickly. Like shellfish, for example, if you don't eat that tomorrow, don't eat it at all. And uh, Mm -hmm. and something else would be pork or meat, uh, pig products, because in the in the olden days, most pigs were infected with uh, bladder worms that they they started in the gut but then they burrowed into the flesh mm-hmm. and and if you ate them you got them and right. sometimes they would burrow through your body and end up in your brain which not wasn't a good idea. Nope. So so that's another reason that historically may have started the trend of mm-hmm. avoiding pig meat. Of course nowadays it's not applicable because we we worm our pigs, they don't suffer from that disease and and we've got brilliant ways of keeping meat fresh. So Right, eat eat pigs it's delicious and we cook it well we understand the
1: necessity for cooking it well
2: yes but now Mm -hmm. but think about it in this way we have for example cultures that do not eat beef while it is based on religion is with full understanding of the fact that we know it's it's safe to eat like we're not under no suspicions that we'll be under any harm if we eat this beef it's that we hold this animal sacred and even though there's billions of people in our country we have chosen not to eat this particular meat product. We've made that conscious decision as a group. Do you think that falls under the same tribalism that you were talking about before, or is, is that a detriment to the culture or because there are people starving,
3: right? Um, I I would put it in the same category. I mean, what is sacred anyway? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It's just an alternative Mm -hmm. word for taboo, isn't it?
4: Well, at the time of famines in India, um, Cows were the form of uh, food at one time. And then at that particular time is when the tradition of not eating the cow came in vogue. And you would think, well, why is that? If they're starving, why wouldn't they eat the cows? Well, what they realized was cows also give you milk. And if you kill all the cows, you're not going to get any milk. And then you're really in trouble. So Mm -hmm. they kind of thought, you know, let's make the cow sacred. We need them for the, the milk, you know and let's, let's honor the cow instead of eating them because then we'll we'll be dead.
2: <laughs> yeah, and not only that, but then we generate really great fertilizer. So like if you are making a bunch of tea or if you're making a bunch of other stuff and crops that you need to sell to other places, you need fertilizer to be able to do that. And here's a great resource for it, but, and it doesn't work when they're dead.
3: And so- some, some Hindus regard their urine as medicine. They drink their cow urine.
2: Everyone has mm-hmm. a best friend who thinks that too. So, yeah, it's not that far away. It's not that far away. Hey, what's up, George Brown? It's all a bunch of BS. There you go. Mm. <laughs> very,
4: very nice. Hey, I want one. Uh, about people play. <laughs> the you ever
2: heard the of idea. Play? I've heard of that as well. Yeah, but the idea and and John, you're alluding to this before that people do it because or people do certain things because they're biblical, and that goes back to whether or not. There's certain beliefs because they think atheism is boring or because of dietary restrictions, they do it because of biblical reasons. Larry, I am under, I have this very confident belief. I wouldn't say I'm hundred percent, but I'm saying I'm very, very confident that everything that is claimed to be biblical existed before the Bible. And if that's the case, why are we even, why are we giving credit to the Bible?
1: Yeah. The Bible didn't come into existence until like 300 AD. Uh, Mm. Up until then, there were just individual stories that were told around the campfire, told in tribal meetings, um, you know, written down into chapters and then later assembled into books. As a matter of fact, uh, there are a lot of these uh, books that were never made into the Bible that used to be part of uh, religious, uh, Jewish religious uh, ceremonies and and, uh, teachings, It's just the, what was it, the Council of Nicaea in Rome. Yep. Yeah. Um, decided and mm-hmm. sat down with a, a bunch of people and decided which ones were do we do? actually holy and yeah. the Word of God. And mm-hmm. throughout all the other ones, uh, the Gnostic Gospels are a good example of that. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm um, thinking about uh, the, the history of what's, what you can eat and what you can't eat according to religions i'm um, i think it's a mismatch mishmash of uh of what we've all been talking about um, i think it's a us versus them the way of identifying mm. us we don't eat meat on for on friday so we're you are not part of us if you do yeah. uh, mm. the the dietary problems with infection and parasites yeah. uh maybe even the availability of, of certain things so that you had to cut out eating it one day a week or not eat right. it at all um I think that it's just lost in the history of time or like in the distance of time, um, but you know we we have our science now, we know what's good to eat, we know how to prepare it. We can eat pretty much anything we want to as long as it's prepared right. correctly. So, so you know it's just an interesting uh, retrospect to find out why it used to be that way.
2: So one quick point before we go to George Buffalo and then John Richards. So because we know the science in my head, it was never about the science. It was never about health. It was about right. control. And mm-hmm. the reason why these dietary restrictions exist was because it was a group trying to control another group. Because yeah. even when we're informed with the proper ways of eating, mm-hmm. those rules still yeah. same. In-
1: well, I've got a brother-in-law who, who sells si- si- uh, shellfish. You know, this is 2000 C-short? years ago. Yeah. But no, I'm kidding. And he says, uh, he, I don't like him. So I'm, I'm going to, he's not a part of our religion. So we don't eat those anymore. We'll put him out of business. <laughs> could be economic. <laughs> yeah. 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 George yeah. Buffalo.
5: Another another selfish reason. Uh, and that is if you don't have a taboo, uh, are you sure you're going to get into heaven?
2: Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. You have to have some sort of weird thing in your yeah, head. You got to have mm-hmm. something. Yeah,
5: yeah. You got to give up some yeah. comfort.
2: Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. there's some sort of Mm. John Richard it's not that easy John Richard what do you think (laughs) I
3: I was wondering whether Larry's mishmash is some sort of potato dish but uh, (laughs) potato
2: mishmash yep (laughs) George John real quick question so it's not potato
3: <laughs> and it's not tomato either.
2: Oh, are you are you just oh. hanging out with enough? It,
3: with us it, it's enough tater. What are you talking, talking about?
2: It's a tater. That's
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the, the other thing I wanted to say is that linking back to the first half, going on dietary information alone, yeah, being able to eat everything—the atheist position—is sure. obviously much more awesome <laughs> than having a restricted diet. So it's less boring to be an atheist from a food point of view. Oh, very good. Hey, that's
2: a good. you may not get into heaven.
3: No. (laughs) Hey, you know what? If there's
2: bacon in hell, sign me up. I'm good. I'm fine (laughs) with it. Um. Hey, why don't we do some closing words before we head out? So on both sides of the topic, Scott, on the idea of atheism being boring, and then the idea of dietary restrictions. What's your final words?
4: Uh. Atheism isn't boring because you can eat whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so I got both questions answered in
3: one answer.
2: Sure. John Richards, <laughs> I
4: saw your interview with that
2: paleontologist. He had a good time with them. What was, yeah. your, what was some of the cool things that he was telling us? about?
3: Oh, he's he's Highlands. a retired GP who has moved to the Isle of Wight to pursue his childhood dream of searching for fossils. And he's discovered wow. he's only been doing it a few months and he's discovered a huge dinosaur bone because wow. the, the Isle of Wight is the best location for dinosaurs in Europe. Got it. And, and we need to promote this because it's an it's a, an attribute, you know, it's it's of tourism and academic interest. So go to the Isle of Wight and see the dinosaurs.
2: These- uh, Isle of Wight hey, you know, something cool is um, La Brea Tar Pits in California still exists and they're still pulling things out of that. Yeah. Pit, that pit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's this giant literal yeah. tar pit and a yeah. bunch yeah. of stuff over a millennia have died in it. Yeah. Every single time they make new technology that can dig deeper and pull more stuff yeah. out, they keep pulling out more cool things. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah. isn't this great that we have a little nice time capsule in the middle of LA, more or less yeah. LA? And, I mean, and the open top pulls-
3: bus tour goes past it in LA. <laughs>
2: that's <laughs> so cool that. it's so cool yeah um the 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 other interesting thing that i'd like to throw out is um you said you found a really big um dinosaur bone in the isle of Wight. Mm-hmm. i i one of the upsides to the eventual disaster of climate change is that we will eventually start being able to dig in antarctica and i'd love to see what kind of dinosaur bones we pull out from mm. there uh,
5: yeah.
2: mm. at, in the in the horizon of human existence on this planet it'll be fun yeah. george brown the second and a half coffee is now uh a dietary taboo in in atheism what are you going to do what what religion are you now going to convert to
6: i'm going to become a chocolate junkie <laughs> 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 but you know i discovered the labia labria tar pits too and yeah. Um, at night, and I think wh- why all those dino- those uh, antediluvian animals died in there was because they got high in the art museum next door. Interesting, nice. You know, there's the the, the wonderful uh, art museum, and and you dig all those paintings, and then you get stuck in the tar.
2: <laughs> One of the dark things they don't tell you about the tar pits is there was used to be a layer where you would find human bodies because before it was a, a national recognition. It was a great way to dispose of nefarious activities. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, and sure.
2: but the cool thing was all those bodies were at the very, very top layer. And then as you get down, that's when you start finding the saber tooth tigers. And then further down from there, the more reptilian stuff It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's still valid, guys. It's great. George, well, there, uh, are other,
6: there are other tar pits. And why doesn't anybody talk true. about that?
2: That's true. Good point. Good point. They don't have the marketing. They don't have the marketing. They yeah. <laughs> They're not downtown. They're not as handsome. Right. They don't have the square chin jaw. That's why. George Brown, any final thoughts on the idea of dietary restrictions and uh, whether or not atheism is boring? Well, I'll tell
6: you. Uh, as a classical musician, I'm really uh, – I love – religious music from the renaissance and i love okay. re- religious music from the baroque period what happened to it why, why did church music i'm not talking about about um you know the black church here which has sure, really sure. great music but, but all the other churches it's just their music got so bland and
2: mm. boring i i don't get it you need, you need diversity and, and a desire to change to keep music, in my opinion, lively and on a certain sort of precipice of quality. And it stagnates very quickly if you take away those inspirations or influences. And so chamber music hasn't had a lot of it over time. George Buffalo, the idea of atheism being boring and dietary restrictions. Final words? Well,
5: atheism is not as far away from being boring uh, because it also contains reason mm. and uh, In- dietary restrictions. Uh, no, except I don't want to be the first one to try uh, something that hasn't been tried before.
2: <laughs> sure. I'll let you get away with saying atheism contains reason. I kind of like what John Richards was saying that atheism is atheism is really isn't because there really isn't anything about it. And I have found many unreasonable atheists and had, very enlightening conversations with them. So it's not enough just to not believe in a God. It's to have a good reason why not to as well, because you can okay, easily. There you go. I love that. I love that. I love it. All right, Larry, uh, before we get into you, let's do some final plugs. John Richards, anything you'd like to plug before we head out?
3: Oh, yeah, you've already plugged my Free Thought Hour show. And of course, that's preceded by Global Atheist News on my Free Thought Productions channel. But today, I really want to plug what If You're Wrong, which is a okay. song with lyrics by Richard Dawkins. Interesting. And, and, and that's, that's out there now. So I can put a link in to you for this, and you can visit Listen to the song, lyrics by Richard Dawkins, and mm. it's plugging the Freethought City. That's freethought.city slash Kickstarter.
2: I uh, love it. And the idea that it's not a religious person asking an atheist, what if you're wrong? Because I hate that getting that question. It's asking a religious person. I know, but it's a nice little tongue-in-cheeky British sort of like, "Hoo -hoo, ha-ha, gotcha, I'm very clever, sort of a turn around, (laughs) and I love it. Scott Williamson, anything you'd like to plug? I know you got that new music channel coming out.
4: Yeah, I've got um, a new music channel called Electro Live, and I'm just throwing up a lot of videos, and hopefully we'll be shining a light on other artists as well. Not just myself, but I'm just starting somewhere with it. See what happens It's so that Fantastic. and releasing more records and, and stuff like that. It's just all fun, man. Keep atheism fun.
2: Nice, nice, <laughs> yeah. nice. nice. I'll give you some of my music. Let's put, let's make a uniform yeah, yes. atheist channel to promote. I'm down with that.
4: Let's do yeah, it. Yeah. yeah let's that'd do be it. great. That'd be cool. really great.
2: Larry, you know, we're at the end of the show. Could you tell me what chapter of your book talks about how atheism is boring so Uh, that I can find out what it's all about?
1: I don't think I have that chapter in there. (laughs) Uh, Atheism is not boring. Uh, (laughs) It supports and understands the scientific method, which blows away taboos and allows us to understand the universe. How could that possibly be boring? Mm. What great. Well said. Yep. yep. Uh, No, this is, uh, let me get my notes here. I do have a book, though, that you mentioned. It's uh, available on the amazon and other places that sell books it's called atheism what's it all about Uh, i also have a youtube channel that can be found by searching for doubter five or larry rhodes if you like this show be sure to like uh visit digitalfreethought.com slash blog uh, for many atheist archives um songs articles etc it's an atheist themed blog if you have questions for the show, you can send them to askanatheist at knoxvilleatheist.org or send them to let's chat se at gmail.com, and we'll answer them on future shows. If you are having trouble, emotional, logical, whatever, trouble leaving religious beliefs behind, there's help out there. Go to uh, recoveringfromreligion.org and see what they have to do or say to help you. Thank you for joining us on the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. Remember, you can find the show on Apple iTunes, Pocket Cast, Amazon, or Pocket Podcasts everywhere. Just search for Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. Remember, everybody is going to somebody else's hell. The time to worry about it is when they prove that heavens and hells and souls are real. Until then, don't sweat it. Enjoy your life, and we'll see you next week. Say bye, everybody.
4: Awesome. Bye. Bye. bye, everybody.